Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Come on. It's going to be amazing in here. If you have a Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, and then we're going to go to Numbers chapter 13, and it's going to be pretty powerful today. I'm super excited about it. When I was a little boy, my parents purchased a set of ankle weights. Did any of you ever have the ankle weights that you wore? You remember those? Yeah, and you put these ankle weights on, and I think they were five pounds a piece per leg. And man, at first when you wore them, it was like, man, especially, you know, at the age that I got them, I think I was eight or nine years old, and I had these ankle weights on, and I'm dragging them around. Well, I tried them on once, and how many of you know I took them off pretty quick afterwards? Because, you know, they were limiting me to be able to do things. And that's the title of my message this morning. I want to give you an encouraging word on lifting the limits. Lifting the limits. Look at your neighbor and say, lift the limits. And so, was, so I was wearing these ankle weights, and I, I, well, I took them off, and I decided one day I'm going to wear these ankle weights all day long, and I did. I put them on, and I dragged those things around all day long. And then at the end of the day, I took them off. Well, man, when you take ankle weights off after you've had them on all day, I mean, it's like your legs are light. As, I mean, you, it's like because you're so used to the weight. You've grown accustomed to the weight. And I think what a lot of people have done with limits is they've grown accustomed to limits in their life, and so they adjust to them. We naturally adjust to things in our lives. When we have pain in our life, we adjust to it, and we deal with it, and we push through it, don't we? I remember Aaron Rodgers, he was, he was interviewed, and they were talking about a, uh, a problem he had with, I think it was his leg, he'd hurt his leg, and, and they just wouldn't let it go. You know how news people are, they're just resilient about talking, all they wanted to talk about was his leg. And he said, look, every time I do an interview, all you want to talk about is my leg. He said, listen, every NFL player, every person that plays football plays hurt. He said, newsflash, all of us are playing hurt, but we adjust to the hurt. Well, God didn't intend for us to adjust to limits. He intended for us to lift the limits off so that we could soar, so that we could live free and we could fly into the things that God has called us to fly into. Amen. Because so many of us are carrying weight that we were never designed to carry. Some people carry the weight of shame in their life. And man, we were singing that song and there was a line in that song, Zach, that was, that was faultless. That word just stood out to me, faultless. Man, I'm not carrying shame anymore. Why? I'm faultless. No, no, but people try and take you back. The enemy tries to take you back in your mind and remind you of how you are at fault. You did this back here. Yeah, but no, the blood of Jesus didn't cover that. It remitted it, and guess what? I'm faultless. I am faultless. If I was holding up here a two-week-old baby, and, and I held the baby up here, that baby doesn't have much of a past, does it? It's two weeks old. Not much has happened in its life. It doesn't have any experiences yet. But let me tell you, when you bring to the, when you come to the altar, the altar of your heart before Jesus, and you get on your knees and you say, God, forgive me. 
please, I receive your forgiveness. Guess what? That baby has more of a past than you do. Man, man, you don't have to carry the weight of shame. You don't have to carry the weight of a polluted, polluted conscience. You don't have to carry the weight of hurt and pain and unforgiveness of your past. Why? Because you've been forgiven. And when you forgive others, guess what? Now, how many of you know, old boyfriend, old girlfriend, when, when you broke up, how many of you ever broke up with somebody? All right, three of you broke up with somebody. How many of you got broken up with? All right, now somebody's not telling the truth because all of you are not raising your hand. Somebody broke up with somebody somewhere. But you know, you okay, so you break up with someone and have you ever you know, seen them again after you broke up with them? And you felt like, and all those feelings rushed back. How many of you remember that pain, the hurt, and it all rushes back? Man, well, guess what? We don't have to carry that anymore. We can instantaneously release it and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm, man, I forgive them. I don't have to live with the pain of that anymore. The weight of past failures, feeling like a failure. How many of you know that's a weight to carry around? But let's read Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse one in Hebrews of chapter 12. This is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. So much so I have it memorized. In verse one, it says, let us lay aside every weight Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus. I loved what Zach said. He said that Peter, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, when he was walking on the water, he didn't sink. The instant he took his eyes off Jesus, what did he do? It says that he took notice of the winds and the wave. There was a storm going on. Winds and waves, man, that would be something to look at, right? But it took his focus away from Jesus. He was having a squirrel moment. Squirrel? And what happened? He began to sink, right? Because he took his focus off of the wrong thing. And that's the two things in that verse is that God needs us. We need to choose to lay aside the limits and look to Jesus. You know, I think about a hot air balloon. Hot air balloons are amazing. I I still, it's on my bucket list to go to New, uh, New Mexico and see the balloon festival where the sky is just literally littered with, with balloons. But the amazing thing about balloons is there's something that holds them on the ground when they're inflated. What is it? It's the sandbags, right? <clears throat> and it's that weight. And so what they do is they cut away the sandbags or they release sand so that they can go higher so that balloon can take them up. Another interesting thing about hot air balloons is that when you get up in the air, hot air balloon, there's no wind. Why? Because the balloon is going with the wind. The wind of the Holy Spirit, man, carries us. And we begin to soar. I love that. I love that. So once we take the limits off, we can soar. Well, Phil, you don't understand. You don't understand my situation. You know, I, sometimes I try to believe God that something will happen. I try to believe God for his best in my life, but then this will happen, this has happened, this has happened in my life. Well, I want to encourage you with a couple of scriptures. I love both of these scriptures. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 says this. We'll get to numbers here in a moment. Matthew 19 <clears throat> says, with God, all things are possible. With God, 
all things are possible. I don't care what you're believing for. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how bleak the situation is. With God, all things are possible. Now, let's couple that with another scripture. This, this is like two sides to the same coin that I love. I love this other scripture in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says, all things are possible to him who believes. So you need both. You need to put your faith in God. We have to put our trust and our faith in God that all things are possible with him. But also, all things are possible to him who believes. So even though God can do it, it doesn't happen unless we believe it. And in order to believe things, how many of you know we have to take the limits off? So I want to talk to you for a moment about three limits that keep people from the promised land. Three limits that keep people from the promised land. So you're there in Numbers 13. This was an interesting time in Israel's history because Israel has come out of the house of bondage. They come, they've come out of Egypt. They have progressed, uh, progressed across the wilderness. And now here they are looking at the promised land. And Moses in chapter 13 says, hey, I, wanna, I want 12 spies, one person from each tribe of the tribes of Israel to go into the promised land. I want you to spy it out. Come back, tell us about the cities. Are they fortified? Tell us about the people there. What does it look like? Is there fruit in the land? And so they go out, they spy out the land and they come back and this is their response Moses to Moses and the whole assembly in verse 27. <clears throat> it says this, we went to the land where you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, just like you said it would. And this is the fruit they had to carry the grapes between two men. I would love to get some grapes like that. I mean, I like the grapes I get from Sam's. So that sounds like some amazing fruit. <clears throat> and then it says in 28, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, they're strong. The cities are very large. They're fortified. And we saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak. And listen to what Caleb says in verse 30. So Caleb quiets everybody down. And he says, listen, let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able. Look at your neighbor and say, well able. We are well able to overcome it. Now, I want to know something. How is it that out of 12 spies that go into this land, they all see the same things. Caleb saw the same large cities that they saw. He saw the same fortified cities that they saw. He saw the same giants, the same descendants of Anak that they saw. Yet he comes back. They come back and say, we are not able. Caleb comes back and says, we are well able. What's the difference? Caleb lifted the limits. He had taken the limits off. He fully trusted that what God said that he was due, he was not only able to say it, he was able to perform it in his life and in the life of, of, of the nation of Israel. And I'm telling you the same thing. I am echoing the same thing to you this morning, that God is well able. You're believing for a loved one. You're believing for finances. You're believing for a dream to get it off of the ground. You're believing God for finances and resources to be able to start a ministry. Whatever it is that you're here believing God for, God wants to take the limits off in your life. Man, but we have to, let, we, we have to be a part in this. And so Caleb believed we have to believe the word of God. 
the word that God has given us. In verse 31, it says, but the men who had gone up with him, they shut Caleb down. They said, no, 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 no. We are not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we. So the number one limit is this that prevents people from getting into the promised land is self-imposed limits. Self-imposed limits. Proverbs 23, seven says this, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Limited thinking, this is one thing I've discovered about limited thinking. Limited thinking is learned. It's something that's learned. You didn't have limited thinking when you were a child. When you were a child, you believed anything was possible. You believe whatever your parents told you, you believed. Come on, man, Santa Claus, all that stuff, right? You had to unlearn your belief system. And so it's something that, that can be learned. So if it can be learned, how important is it for us to feed on what God said on the promises that he said so that we can learn his promises so we begin to believe his promises. And let me tell you what happens. When you believe the promises of God and you stand on it and then you begin to see miracles in your life, financial miracles, uh, healing miracles, whatever it is, when you begin to see those things in your life, now your faith grows more. Why? Because now you can't talk me out of it. Because I not only believe it, I not only read it, I not only saw it, I've experienced it in my life. Man, praise God. So when God looks at you, let me tell you, he sees unlimited potential. So here's my question to you. Are you calling something a failure that God called a success? Hmm. T.D. Jake said this, I loved it. God didn't look at the finished work he looked at the unfinished work and said, it is good. Let me tell you, when God created heavens and earth and he created all, uh, all of everything that you see, it was an unfinished work. Why? Because we're supposed to finish the work for him. He's given us the work to finish. And I'm telling you, God is looking at you and he doesn't see faults. He doesn't see history. He doesn't see mistakes. He sees faultless. He sees, he looks at you and he says, it is good. Come on, man. I don't care how anybody else talks about you. God looks at you and loves you and says, it is good. She is good. He is good. They are good. And I am so glad that God looked at Adam and saw that he didn't have a spouse. And he said, this is not good because he created Eve. And then God stepped back and said, now it's good. Come on, I should have got a bigger amen from some husbands, from some wives in here, from some boyfriends, girlfriends. All right, look at verse 32. Numbers 13, verse 32 says, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report. They said, the land devours its inhabitants and all the people whom, uh, whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And look at this statement they make in verse 33. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Hi, man, what do you think it would be like in Braveheart if William Wallace stepped up and made this statement? You think that would be encouraging to the army getting ready to fight? No, it, it discouraged the children of Israel. 
this statement, this terrible statement that he made. And let me tell you something. Your physical condition is not your limitation. There's a guy that was uh, Nick. Uh, I got to go back here. Nick Vujicic. I hope I'm saying his last name right. But he was born as a paraplegic. He, he left, he, he's lived a life uh, without limbs. He has no arms, no legs. And when he was born, when he was a child, he began to, to become depressed because he saw all these other children running around with arms and legs and having a great time and throwing balls and seeing how fast they run, could run, how high they could jump. And he began to deal with thoughts of suicide until he came to this thought. I wonder if God could use me. I wonder if God could take me in the condition that I'm in and make a difference. And do you know that God did? He speaks as a public speaker all around the world to literally millions of people, to churches, to schools, to organizations, to leadership conferences all around the world. Your greatest limitation is not physical, it's mental. Remember Yogi Berra? He said baseball is 90% mental, the other half is physical. I'll let you figure out the math on that. Let me give you something that Miles Monroe said. Powerful statement. He said, Great, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. He made another statement. He said, in the cemetery is the saddest place on earth because in the cemetery are all the dreams that never came to pass, all the churches that were never started, all the books that were never written. And so I'm asking you, what, what are you doing in your life to take the limitations off what God has called you to do, the plans and the purposes and the potential that he's put in the side of you. Because in Jeremiah 33.3, it says that God has plans for your life. And they're specific plans. And they're plans of discomfort. Because outside of our comfort zone is discomfort. And the reason there's discomfort outside of our comfort zone is because that's where growth happens. That's where the tension is. That's where the strain is. Come on. How many, anybody exercise in here? Man, when you exercise, that's where, that's where you grow. That's where you get strong is in those times and in those moments. So no matter who you are, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so it's time to shake off the self-imposed limits. Look at your neighbor, say, shake it off. That's a song, isn't it? Shake it up, I think. Okay, number two, comparison limits. Comparison limits. Look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. This is the next verse. He said, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and they began to cry and they began to weep. Why? Because they allowed the other 10 uh, spies convince them we cannot go into the promised land. Comparison. Let's talk about comparison for a moment. They said they have large and fortified cities. Do you sometimes look at other people and say, well, they have deep pockets. They have resources I, ha I don't have. They were born in a different way. They were, I, didn't, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Do you begin to list all of the excuses as to why you're not fulfilling the purpose and the potential that God has placed on the inside of you? Out of comparison. Or they said... 
They also said, there's giants out there. You know, you look at other people. Well, they're stronger than I am. They're a better speaker than I am. They're better looking than I am. Let me tell you, insecurity is not a gift of the Spirit. It's not a fruit of the Spirit either. I loved what Stephen Furtick said. He said, the reason why we struggle with insecurity is we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Come on, somebody. Come on. Have you ever looked at somebody's highlight reel? That's the best, the very best. I loved what Pastor Billy Joe Doherty said. He said, we have the wrong comparison. Oftentimes we compare ourselves to the richest, the most talented, the most prosperous people on the planet. And really we should be comparing ourselves with the person that lives in the third world country and they have no idea where they're going to get enough food to eat to sustain their life. Comparison. Man, it can be an evil thing. It can be a dangerous thing. And let me tell you, the best way to kill a dream is to compare it to others. God puts a dream in your heart. You begin to look at other people that have a similar dream and you look at theirs and you go, wow, their dream makes mine look pathetic. What's going on? You're comparing. Somebody's always gonna have something nicer. Somebody's always gonna maybe even have a better idea than you, but you're not responsible for other people's ideas. You're responsible for what God has placed on the inside of you to fulfill that, to 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 reach the potential that God's put inside of you and designed you to reach. Here's dangerous. Here's a dangerous thing right here is comparing your belief to what others believe instead of what the Bible says. Well, they said it and it rhymes and it sounds good, so that must be right. Man, the Bible has got to be our barometer for life. Caring what others people think puts more value on what they think than what God thinks about you. Man, and God loves you. Proverbs 29, verse 25 says this. And this has to do with comparison. It says, the fear of man brings a snare. It will prove to be a snare to you. <clears throat> and, and let me tell you, this comes, this comes very, you know, the enemy works, he's so crafty the way that he works. You know, um, I had somebody make a comment one time about a pair of pants I was wearing. So I gave them away. Why? I, I like those pants. And later, I regretted it because I thought to myself, I like those pants. And I let what somebody said impact me and, and make me begin to compare those pants with other, other pants that that person thinks I should be wearing. So go buy your own pants. Don't tell me about my pants. So... I'm oh, sorry. Okay, we'll keep moving. Number three, boundary limits. What about boundary limits? Because that kind of flows into what we're talking about, into this. Numbers 13, in verse 31, now remember, the men had gone out and they had said, we are not able to go up against this people because they are stronger than we are. We are not able. All of Israel believed this statement when they said, we are not able. And I heard about this poet, this artist named Morgan Harper Nichols. I was listening to a podcast and she was being interviewed. She is a, she's a songwriter, but she's also a poet. And she's actually more well known for her poetry than she is for her songs. And when she, when she became a songwriter, her very first album, she got in the studio and she was gonna start writing songs and they put a co-writer with her. And so she told the co-writer, she said, I wanna write about my past from where I came from. And the co-writer said, 
Nobody wants to hear about where you came from. They, you don't need to write about the past. You need to write about the future. She said, I let that put a boundary on my creativity, that statement. Just like I gave those pants away because somebody didn't like them, but I liked them. She did the same thing with her songwriting. And you know what it did? It stifled her songwriting because she wasn't able to step into the creativity that she had in her heart to step into because she took somebody else's word. Yeah, you can go ahead and bring the keys out. And let me tell you, today, she stepped back into it. And today, not only has she written about her past, when she began to write about her past, that was the music and the poetry that took off. Now she writes about other people's past too. And do you know her poetry is, is phenomenal? I mean, she has an amazing following. She has stepped into her creativity because she took the limits off. See, popular opinion doesn't always agree with the Bible. And if you let it, it will set boundaries in your life that God never intended in your life. Boundaries like things that will, that will stifle and that will limit your creativity. They'll limit your innovation. And on top of that, they will limit your potential. The potential that God has put on the inside of you. God has put potential on the inside of each and every one of us. And it's our responsibility to, uh, to take the limits off so that he can fulfill that potential so we can reach it. And I see in here, man, if I could have and if I would have had time, I would have had a hot air balloon in here with sandbags. And every sandbag would be labeled, would be lib labeled past failures. It'd be labeled depression. It'd be labeled what other people say, popular opinion. And it would have all these labels and one by one, we'd start to cut them off. And that, that balloon would soar. Man, when you take all the weight off, thousands and thousands and thousands of feet that it'll soar. And I'm telling you, God wants that for your life. So my question to you is this, are you allowing things to create limits in your life? I want to read to you one last verse. If, you're, if, you're, uh, if you want to turn over to Matthew 18, if you have your Bible. Matthew 18, and we're going to read beginning in verse 3. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he's trying to teach them about faith. And listen to what he says in verse 3. He says, learn this well, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter it. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is, the greatest one uh, is the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm. Childlike faith. Let's go back to that. Because we children don't have all of these negative experiences to filter life through and to filter belief through. It's negative experiences many times that cause people to have a lack of faith because they're filtering everything through the experience instead of filtering it through the Word of God. Well, the Word of God doesn't have a filter. 
It's just amazing all the time. But a child doesn't have those limitations. A child has the ability to believe anything. This is important because you and I have to come back to a place and allow the Holy Spirit to help us release those things that are limiting us from being able to believe. Phil, you don't understand. That was very hurtful. That was, that was, I went through a lot of pain. You don't understand. You know, this person took this person away from me and now I don't know how to get them back. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, it's time to let go of those things that are limiting God from being able to move in your life. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.